This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken and my friends. This is not how we wanted the show to go tonight. And as we open things up, none of us were expecting to discuss anything other than a road win versus FC Cincinnati today. But as we don't have to tell you, things have changed quite dramatically here in the U.S. and all across the world. Before we get started, we need to address just how serious this pandemic actually is. Tonight on the show, our goal is to entertain and to bring the DC United family together to discuss the game and the team that we've all come to know and love. But we all recognize that coronavirus is impacting our supporters' lives and the lives of our friends and families across the globe. So as we come on the air tonight, there are people worldwide who are concerned about their livelihood as measures are being put in place to prevent the further spread of COVID-19. Friends of the show in Europe are on lockdown for the next several weeks, and the United States is beginning to implement similar measures. We want you to know that as members of the Tried and True family, and more broadly, the DC United family, we're all stronger together. So we encourage you to keep your loved ones, family, and friends close, and to continue to support your local small businesses, such as the bars and restaurants that are there for us after each and every game. I think we can all agree that when looking at the big picture, Pausing all sports for the time being was the right decision, as much as it pains us all as fanatics, with our collective cooperation, we'll all be back supporting the clubs we love in the very near future. And with that, I'd like to welcome in our full cast tonight, who are here participating in a makeshift version of our original (laughs) plans for the weekend, which uh, involved a bourbon tour of, of Kentucky and route to the away match in Cincinnati, but we couldn't quite pull that off, so we... We did something similar here uh, at our place tonight, and I'd like to welcome to the show Joshua Morgan, Sam Kastner, and Michael Black. Welcome in, guys. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, I wish I was in Cincinnati, but, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it pains me to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever said that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish we had soccer to talk about. I wish we had, you know, a U.S. league going. I guess this is how they felt back in 1996, 1998 where they were worried if the league would be around anymore. And, and we kind of get a glimpse of that here in 2020 with the league shut down. I mean, we're all pretty confident that they'll be back when when the league goes. But, uh, man. <laughs> but on a much lighter <laughs> note, um, I was iced in the, in the setup <laughs> of tonight's show. So uh, you guys are going to have to talk while I chug this <laughs> disgusting grave Smirnoff ice. And if you don't know what Smirnoff icing is, if you find a Smirnoff Ice while you know preparing for the show or tailgating or even at the game, it's your responsibility to consume said Smirnoff Ice before uh, proceeding on with any other tasks. As so. quickly as possible, between your Heineken beers, of course. Right. It's nowhere near as good as a, a crisp Heineken. But uh, l- let's talk about what, what's gone on in the world this past week. So we went home from a, a, a Miami win. We all felt pretty good, felt pretty regular, and then... Throughout this week, it slowly, slowly developed into, you know, more and more leagues postponing, the NCAA, and then the NHL, and then MLS follows suit. And so it, it quickly kind of came into no soccer in the world except for uh, a few leagues. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I think Wednesday night, we all kind of saw, saw the world change. Wednesday was when, you know, the first of the sport started to, at least in the U.S., you know, you know that European countries have kind of been dealing with, and Asian countries have been dealing this, with this for a lot longer than we have. Um, but we kind of saw that shift, at least in the U.S., um, with things being canceled. And as John said, it's a bummer. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I've just <laughs> been told to go remote at work and, you know, I'll be 
working. I work in events, and all those events have been canceled. So yeah, th- there was a moment, you know, on and, and by the way, that was disgusting. Um, <laughs> there was a moment on Wednesday when it, it just kind of all came apart, and I think it became very real for us here I, when March Madness at first was going to be, you know, empty stadiums, and then all of a sudden it's canceled completely, and then you know all the other sports are starting to postpone and suspend and it's like if you didn't think this was real it's real guys yeah it's crazy no one has ever really lived through something like this before not you know the last thing that a lot of people have been pointing to is the spanish influenza but the world was a completely different place at that point i mean you didn't have kind of the global (laughs) society that you had sorry i muted my mic while i burped (laughs) i tried to spare y'all from it (laughs) And for sure, you know, you know, you had the Spanish influenza. You had, you know, 9-11 shut down sports for a while. But at that point, you know, MLS was, you know, playing a significantly shorter season. You know, this is the first time we've seen a full several-week-long postponement of games. You know, we're expecting at this point that games are going to get made up. But at this point, who really knows what's yeah, going to happen? Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we're hoping it'll be the end of the month, but in reality, it could go a lot longer. So, I mean, I know everyone's kind of talking about um, the coronavirus right now. We definitely didn't want this whole podcast to be about the coronavirus. Um, we just felt the need to say, you know, as much as we're going to joke that we're upset that MLS is canceled and, you know, we're going to be bored for the next X number of months, we did just want to address that it is really serious and we want everybody to be taking it really seriously. Yeah, and so I, I think, Sam, to that point, you know, we, we should talk seriously about the impact to DC United right now because, you know, at, as the world tries to figure out how to cope with this on a on a micro scale, you know, DC United have to figure out exactly how they're going to proceed uh, while there's no games and while there's, you know, hopefully some practice. Major League Soccer has uh, suspended all even practice activities through Monday. And, you know, I was at the stadium on Friday and the team has gone to great lengths to implement some coronavirus protocols. I mean, if, if you've been to the, the south end of the stadium, there's a couple ways to, to access um, the facilities there. And it, up until now, it was kind of like, yeah, just go to the one where someone's at. And at this point now, it, it is hard protocol that the players are going in one entrance, front office members are going in another one. They're doing their best to keep everyone separate. And, and that's just the beginning of it. And I believe that teams can't be practicing together right now, right? Not until Monday at the earliest. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, one of the – man, it's, it's hard to bring a bright point out of this, but DC United kind of need a little bit of time to to get together. Kamar and Mora went off uh, in that Miami game with hamstring injuries. Um, it, it's really dark times, but maybe we can take that positive out of it. The DC United might – might come out of this even better because they were a side that looked like they needed a little bit more time to maybe bring in a couple transfers uh uh, we've been we've been you know goff has reported that we're linked to a couple guys and uh we need the time to practice because i i feel like the team uh gressel is playing in the midfield right now and he's not being maybe as productive as he could be and you know Sorga still seems really raw. I, I feel like maybe DC United needs a couple weeks to practice before yeah, resuming play. Our other big injury, obviously, is Paul Ariola. And, you know, with an ACL, you don't know how long that's going to take. But MLS this season was going to end a lot earlier than it has historically ended. But who knows? I mean, people are used to playing, our, and people, I mean, the players in MLS are used to playing as late as de- early December, right? So potentially 
obviously we don't know how long this is going to last but potentially that's moving the season back to make up some of these games so potentially the playoffs get pushed back and I mean that just gives Paul a lot more time to heal so I mean again it's weird to take a bright side out of this right but it might so, be good. and there and there are mechanisms within MLS to get roster relief but the roster relief is like two hundred thousand dollars it's it's minuscule compared to losing a DP and so, it requires you to put the injured player on the shelf for the year right mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if we have a confirmed instance that DC United has put Paul Ariel on the shelf for the season. We had him on last show, and he said a range from he, he he said it himself. He said it might be four to five months, or it could be up to nine months or longer for players. It just depends on the player and how they're feeling. I mean, Paul seemed like he was in really good spirits about it, and his jacket was lined with motivational quotes about coming back and proving everyone wrong. But uh, we don't know. So so maybe they didn't take him off the shelf. Maybe he's ready to go in four months, and that four months is only really three months of play miss, and now we have a loaded side. Yeah. Well, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and really at this point, you know, who knows how far the season's going to get delayed. You know, they've MLS has stated that they're expecting to make up games. They're going to tack it onto the back end. You know, as Sam said, we've got the change in schedule for what's going to come. You know, back into the season, but. You know that that three games that we're expecting to get delayed towards the back end of the season, that that's going to get made up, and who knows if there's going to be more tacked on. Like we've got a lot of uncertainty as far as what the rest of the season goes, but you know I think I speak for all of us when we say that we're hoping to come back to the game and you know be back out at Audi Field and elsewhere supporting DC United, ready to go a- as soon as humanly possible. So and 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 speaking of being together and, and supporting the game uh, while we're on hiatus we uh, look to you guys as our listeners and as our fans to to join the conversation uh, using the hashtag tried and true dcu uh, or by joining us on our unfortunately it's not a functioning call line tonight although we really hope to have that available but our despite our best efforts we could not get the the, the call line to work but we're going to continue to work on that but in the interim, you can always text the show, and that's at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6328. And in the very near future, we hope to have that um, as, a, as a call-in line. So on a somewhat positive note, um, as a result of this virus, um, the XFL season has been <laughs> completely abandoned. So that means Party that we... feels ours again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our home is our home. Uh, Beer snakes and all. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> running past it this morning, the goalposts are still up, um, but we do expect the field to be replaced there uh, shortly, and then at least that will be behind us this year. But um, as we look at, you know, kind of the the schedule going forward, as you guys were mentioning, all these games in theory are going to be made up at the end of the year. It's it's going to extend the season, and it's, it's going to be an interesting end of the season run. Well, but I don't think anyone has any idea what's going on. U.S. Open Cup might not even happen. It's it's the longest running soccer competition because it didn't stop during World War One and World War Two. And it's my favorite. And I mean, <laughs> I love the Open Cup. Hundred plus years. I mean, right. It's hard to imagine missing Open Cup. And so it's going to come down to the, the league to decide what it prioritizes. I mean, we have we have U.S. Open Cup. We got Leagues Cup, especially for DC United playing in that. We have. The CONCACAF uh, championship, which <laughs> which uh, has been postponed after Atlanta got, got destroyed by Club America. Um, we have really all unfortunate we, for Atlanta that that didn't happen today earlier. Unfortunate for no one else. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> so we have all this 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 scheduling conflicts. We we I mean they, they say they're going to make up the season, but man, they're not going to have a lot of time to work. I with mean, them. I almost wonder if that's on the back burner for MLS though, because it's not as though it's a 
um, like an even we're not playing everyone in this season it's the first season of MLS where each team is not playing every other team so I almost wonder if they are just kind of kind of take the L and say like you don't need to play the rest of the teams maybe they do kind of shuffle around who you play but um, I don't know I don't know what the priority for the league is going to be but because we already have that situation where dc united and all the other teams in mls are not playing every other team it's not as though we're the european league where it really matters and you know it's so much ingrained within their league to play every other team twice Uh, you know the open cup and all these other tournaments might be the priority of being made up yeah and you know you talk about you know Additional fixture congestion coming up. You know, you've got DC and I playing in the League's Cup. You know, a, a new. My vote would be to cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I know that MLS and Liga MX are not going to do that. It might be a bigger money grab than you know DC United versus the Riverhounds. You know, <laughs> DC United. Yeah, but in our <laughs> hearts, <laughs> what's the real winner? But when you talk about you know a, a new tournament last year, a tournament that's going to start earlier this year, you know, really trying to tie MLS to Liga MX, trying to you know capitalize on the fact that you know a lot of Liga MX teams have a large draw in the United States you've got a lot of fixture congestion coming down the the pipes that you know who knows how that's going to factor in when they start rescheduling games we start trying to figure out how they're going to move forward it's 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 a challenge yeah yeah I don't envy the schedule makers at all from that (laughs) right I know so I think I don't know I don't know how much more it's going to do to speculate. Um, I think maybe we can move forward to just what we know about DC United and kind of the rumors that have happened and maybe touch on those a little bit. Yeah, so let's talk about those first two weeks. We come away with three points uh, from Colorado and Miami. Maybe not not exactly what we hoped for. I, I looked at the schedule personally, and I thought we could get nine points through the first three games. Uh, we lose to the set pieces that that Colorado Rapids have and, and they executed as well and they deserve the three points I think uh, they beat DC United they also took care of regional powerhouse Orlando City SC last I mean, weekend Colorado regional powerhouse <laughs> yeah uh, that's the greater Orlando region uh, and I think we were lucky to get the three points from Miami too so um, I mean yeah I it's terrible but I'm glad DC United are taking a break and trying to go, hey, go into the practice fields and right. full credit to Orlando they have won the most points of any team in Florida that is <laughs> yeah uh, Miami's still it. waiting on that home opener you know they've only been Continue waiting, waiting. <laughs> Miami the most patient franchise in global history uh, we're, we're second to that one right uh, we've we waited a while for a trip so within this period where we're going to kind of be able to sit back and figure things out I think that there is a major rumor that's coming out of uh, US men's soccer player potentially coming to is that US United. men's national team great Bobby Wood I great yep I think it might be I think great is a wow <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not. That being said, 2007 though, I- great. I'll give you that one. Um, Bobby, he had his moments. Bobby Wood scored against the Netherlands to win the U.S. Men's National Team game in a friendly a couple of years ago. Uh, since then, he's sat on the bench mostly in Germany, which, yes, I'll give you that, is a way better league than MLS. He probably will, if this deal comes through somehow, and, you know, since he went after and they weren't able to get him because he's on like a $3 million contract, but... If, if DC United is able to pull this off, I don't know if he replaces Kamara. I think he competes with Kamara. He's got talent. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth having that competition. I don't know if it's worth $3 million, and that's a really big question, right? That's why Cincinnati couldn't get him, as it's hard. I don't know that Bobby Wood is worth 
three, if Bobby Wood is uh, worth The contracts are just inflated over there, right? They, they care about soccer more. There's more money in soccer. In, so that's in the issue, right? Could he sit there and just collect a check and not be playing soccer? Or does he come over here for a lot less money and play soccer? And I think that that's what he and his agent, and there's a lot more that goes into right. it. But so I think I think there's three things that could happen. DC United could just pony up and pay three million dollars a year. I happening. would be livid. Not happening. Uh, or three million could, is absurd. That's we could get happening. him on loan with Didn't like an option to buy on an on obvious lesser contract, and Bobby Wood would have to acknowledge that. Or he could agree to mutually terminate his contract with his current club, and then come over here and sign with DC United, who apparently have his rights. He he's not in the allocation order somehow. Weird MLS rules, but uh, I yeah. think we have we have a discovery claim. Yeah, it was uh, yeah weird stuff. But uh, but allocation order is supposed to be for U.S. Men's National Team players, which apparently Bobby Wood is not on, uh, and he'd have to agree to a deal. I don't think he's the next DP, or uh, he just doesn't come. And I kind of feel like that's the more likely option. I'm right? fine with it. I think Ola Kamara is as talented as Bobby Wood. I would like to see that competition, though. I mean, Ola Kamara came down with a hamstring, and who's our backup forward? Sorga, who showed well. Sorga showed well. He didn't have, like I said, he Guys, was wrong. The Estonian Messi. Can we call him by his <laughs> proper name, please? The Estonian Messi, he showed good stuff. He, his movement was good. His finishing and decision-making was raw. He He's a way better prospect than, than, more, than most that we have. And really created some opportunities. You know, there were several times where you're, you know, sitting in the stadium, you're thinking, hey, you know, Sorga's got a chance here. It didn't pan out, but you know, those kind of opportunities are the ones that we haven't seen from DC United forwards in quite a while. And can I we th- talk about these set piece goals, man? I'm like, I, I love goals. I'm getting tired of set piece goals. That like was a question last time, right? Is are we worried that we're not getting a lot of goals out of run of play? Just yes. to be clear, we're allowed to have both set piece goals and run of play goals. Like we don't have to kill off set piece. Goals, right? <laughs> I, I, I want to check with you. Are you- I, I'm not sure we're allowed to have both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to consult with Ben Olsen about that because it appears we are only allowed to have set goals. Well, it, you know, it, it does make you wonder, though. I mean, you guys have mostly talked about Bobby Wood, you know, competing with Ola Kamara, but could he? Could we change the formation? Could we do two strikers oh up top? Oh, my God, yes. I have been <laughs> arguing for two forwards up top since we literally went to one forward on top. It, I'm but sorry. Here's I'm the thing. I think our lights, wingers are I'm too so good. Our that. wingers are too good to play two strikers up top. Well, I, 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 I don't necessarily think we've got a lot of on the roster. You know, you talk about Yamil Assad, you talk about Gressel, you talk about Flores. You know, you've got a loaded cast when you talk about midfielders. But as far as actual goal scorers up top trying to, you know, put it in the back of the net, I you start to run a little short there. I understand. We have a stacked midfield. I think it's hard because you, we've only seen the two games, right? We're still trying to figure it out. But I think when when I think about, oh, like a holding number nine, like your traditional one forward, I think of like a Josie Altador type player who is built and he can like muscle off defenders and he can hold up the ball for the rest of the team to build around him. And I don't know that that's Kamara, right? I don't know. You think it's Bobby Wood? No, absolutely not, which is why I am, like, nodding to John over here that I have been arguing forever that we don't need to be playing one forward. We need to be playing two, and I think that potentially if that means that you're bringing on a super sub in the midfield, then that's totally fine, but goodness, I'd love to see us play two forwards again. So we're going to continue this debate because clearly we all have some thoughts on this, and and I've got some very interesting Bobby Wood stats to share with the group, but what we're going to do is we're going to send you our first break. I'm going to remind everyone listening to please join the conversation using the hashtag tried and true. DCU, and we'll be right back here in just a few moments. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. 
Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Fine, tried and true, the DC United Postgame Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we are talking about Bobby Wood, potential future DC United player, Bobby Wood, that is, and uh, I guess former men's national team great. It's been a long time uh, since Bobby Wood's been in the men's national team picture, but before we went to break, we, we were starting to debate the merits of, of bringing Bobby Wood in and, and where he'd fit on the roster, but... It's interesting to take a look. It's it's a tale of two Bobby Woods. Uh, you know his his men's national team stats: thirteen goals in forty five caps for the men's national team. But he, you know, right now playing for for Hamburg, um, he, he he's not playing a whole lot. I mean, the German league is is well into the second half, and he's only played one hundred and fifty two minutes across six matches in the two Bundesliga. His last appearance was November twenty ninth, and so there's there's a there's a gap here right i mean bobby wood kind of has dropped off but has the talent gone away was it the was it the injury what do we do correct me if i'm wrong though wasn't he a part of that kind of whole group of players who weren't playing a whole lot for their club teams but were being called up for their national team like even while he was being called up, I don't he, know he, he was, was getting, no, he was he was getting was he? He was okay like breaking through in Germany when he was getting those call ups, and, and he's kind of yeah. faded away from both. Um, look, this is Casper's bread and butter. He finds players who are neglected by his team, from from Wayne to people Higuain to to I mean, every, almost every season, Casper finds sure. one guy that is. Uh, underrated by his team, and, and he signs him on a cheap deal. I mean, we have Pipa on a hundred thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. So maybe we we bring in Bobby Wood on the cheap, and he's an option off the bench, or or he comes in and he shows out and he's a starter. I think if he comes on the cheap, is 
the million dollar question or what? the three million dollar question. And let's be real, like you're not going to sign a guy who is tearing it up for his club team. He's you know putting a lot of you know, balls in the back of that. You've got to find opportunities for. I mean, Pool Six not coming to DC United. What? Not yet. <laughs> Stand down. Hey, I'm, I'm here for it, but uh, I'll, I'll hold my breath and see what happens there. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to find the guys who are available. And you know, if this is a guy who's not getting playing time, you know, John's talked about not playing, you know, significant minutes since November. Hey, maybe a change of scenery. Maybe you know, coming into a, a side that's really only a piece or two away from creating a lot of good do you chances. Think that? Do you think we're we're a piece or two from from being there? Yes. Hey, you know, as fans, we got we got to say that, right? I, I, Yes. I want to, but I watched the first two games and I didn't see a lot of chances. It's also the first two games. You don't need to be good till the middle of the season. I, I think that's the garbage excuse that Ben Olsen's been pushing out. And I, I love Ben Olsen. <laughs> I, think, I, I listen, have a number 14 jersey in my closet. But saying that, oh, we're a team that's figuring out who we are, you're a professional soccer team. I agree. The listen, started I agree. two weeks ago. Listen, Come on. I agree, and I don't disagree that – Ben can kind of put out some garbage excuses sometimes, but I'm also going to say that if we're still talking about signing players who are able to bring something to this team, like you don't need to start the season with your top-notch team. Yeah, and actually we've seen it gone very poorly when we We, started the season. We almost lost to Miami last week who started their franchise with a team who didn't know who they were. Did we blare out of the playoffs in the last two seasons? Absolutely. I'm not saying that we have done spectacular at the end of the MLS seasons. I'm just saying that I'm not – freaking out and saying that our MLS Cup hope dream hopes and dreams are done this season because our first two games didn't go perhaps as well as we would have wanted them to. And, you know, and credit the front office in the offseason, you know, bringing in Edison Flores, bringing in Julian Gressel, signing Emil Assad toward the back of last year with the intent to bring him in this year. They've made you know, what, from all intents and purposes, would be a, a major move on a lot of different fronts. Yes. And they've got, they've got to create. And they've had two games to figure it out. Like I said, in our very first pot, like our, the, after the home opener is I didn't realize it until we were talking about it, but all of the big name players we're talking about in DC right now, we're not here last season. So they need time to figure it out. And I'm totally okay with giving them a few games to be able to figure that out. Especially when you have this conversation about us bringing other big name, potentially key parts of DC United into the fold. Well, and, and by the end of, I mean, at this point, the midfield, you know, Paul Ariola was the heart and soul of that by the end of last season, especially when Lucho found himself on the bench. And so all three midfielders are, are new. And then you look to the back line, and you've got Russell Canales playing out of position. I mean, let, yeah. let's just own that. He's not, he's playing out of position. Joseph Moore goes down in the last game. O'Neal Fisher, who I was thrilled to see come back. I mean, the, the guy's coming off a traumatic injury. Like, the back line's not in the in the perfect spot right now. This team has a tremendous upside. And, and you know, bringing it back to Bobby Wood, it, it – in the offseason, reports from MLSsoccer.com, which does stand for Major League Soccer, Soccer.com, which is <laughs> ridiculous, but we'll put that on the shelf. He turned down a 1 million euro offer to play for FC Cincinnati, and, and it sounds like that was the player turning down that offer. So for, for a, a second-tier Bundesliga team, it doesn't seem like it's a, it, it's a club issue in whether that's a loan or whether that's an outright transfer, but what – I'll ask you guys, from a salary perspective and knowing the position this club is in, how much money, what are you willing to pay Bobby Wood? Top? Less than Kamara, like half of what Kamara makes. I what think, is, what is I think he's make? worth half of what Kamara makes. Kamara is a proven goal scorer in this league. He will get double digits if you play him every week. Bobby Wood is an unknown. He hasn't scored in Bundesliga 2. Uh, 
I would pay. I wouldn't want to pay him more than half of what Kamara. Double digits in terms of goals or. Kamar is gonna if we continue to play Kamar if he's healthy he will get double digit goals. I think it's also like it's not all about salary, right? Would you first of all rather live in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio versus Washington D.C.? Probably Washington D.C., right? Second of all, if you're just looking again, definitely I, Washington D.C. Right? Again, I just also admitted that D.C. United kind of flared out of the postseason for the past two seasons, at least. You know, just thinking about when we've been in Audi Field, but. Or would you rather be on DC United or would you rather be playing for Cincy at this point of time? Like, so, so just put this in terms of, of dollars, right? I mean, Joshua, I hear what you're saying. We should be paying him less than Olana, and I don't necessarily disagree. But what we don't have really ever in Major League Soccer is a, is a good handle on salary. But what we do know is that last year, Ola Kamara had a base salary of $240,000, which almost certainly was prorated because of when we got him in the season. It was kind of a half-season deal. When he left the Galaxy, it was uh, 925000 guaranteed. He's a so, player. He's so, a- yeah, so so let's just say, for the purposes of the conversation, uh, $1 million is, is what Ola's making. Let's just say that. Are you saying five hundred k? Yeah. So, for Bobby Wood? Because you, I, I, don't, I don't think we get him for that. I don't yeah, think you, absolutely not. Would you fill your last DC spot as the – as DP if spot? you're Dave Casper, would you fill your last DP spot? No, no, no. no. I, I don't think you need to use it. I don't think you should use a DP spot here. But I think you could buy Bobby Wood down with Tam. I don't know. I, I think I disagree with that because, you know, we saw last season, you know, this is a DC United team that allowed one of the fewest goals allowed against in the entire league. You, you talk about, you know, both ends of the ball this is a team that needs to score goals you know this is a, a team that found its way into the playoffs you know had to go away but you know very well could have found itself hosting a playoff game last year after playing very solid defense i i think you know this is a team that has to find a way to f- score goals somehow and you've got to spend money on that point because you know, wayne rooney's gone you know lucho acosta is gone you've got to replace that somehow, right? I mean, that kind of makes me nervous, though. Like, you're talking about how we need to score goals. We also need to keep goals out of the back of the net. And I, I don't know that we've been doing that a whole We haven't lot. through the season. Zero shutouts so far. But, uh, you know, the center dap- center back depth we were all worried about seems to have a, a resolution. DC Knight apparently targeting two players. We have the, the French center back that we were targeting earlier in the season um, who, who's in a relegation battle right now. And then we have a, a new name uh, reported by Goff, Derek Williams from Blackburn Rovers. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always excited about bringing another player from, from the English league here because, you know, <laughs> then I can learn more about a new English team that I can certainly come to hate. Well, and, and what does that say about, you know, where we're at right now, that we're exciting and hang, excited and hanging on every single potential signing we have? You know, that shows us that we're not a complete team yet. And uh, we, have, we have very strong hopes. I'll disagree with there, that one on this point. On this point, who do you bench at center back? So, so I'm really excited for Derek Williams because I want this team to have that depth. But do you bench Brilliant? No, I don't think you. I don't think you bench anybody. But right now, Donovan Pines isn't healthy. Granted, we don't know when we're going to be playing again, and so by then he should be. But it, I mean, in theory, right? If you're going to be a team that's going to go deep, not only in Major League Soccer, but it's going to go deep in the U.S. Open Cup, be prepared for a League's Cup and a future Concacaf Champions League. We're going to have League a chance, run. championship center back on the bench. Yeah, I mean, you should you should have depth at every position. I would also say that, like, as a DC United fan for many many years, as we all have been, right? We haven't seen a team that's been making a whole lot of big name signings because, rightfully so, we were looking towards building Audi Field and we were looking towards putting all our money to that. So I wouldn't say that we're an incomplete team because we're getting excited about every new signing. I just think as 
a fan base were so excited to be finally spending money on players. I feel like the signing was looking at replacing Brilliant, who's 34, 35 years old now. But Is he, that DC United MVP? But our guy, Brilliant. our guy has been playing. Goal scorer, Frederick Brilliant. Out of the building. He he's scored 33% of our goals. <laughs> he's, third, he's literally scored 30%. And he's been a rock in the back. Like, he, he hasn't. He's in the. I guess his prime at 34 or 35 years old. It's a, it's amazing to see. As I just said for the forward position, like I think that there's value in just having competition for the position. I can't tell you who's going to be in that starting position, and I absolutely agree that the better teams have very consistent lineups, but also the better teams have very competitive practices in which no starting spot is guaranteed. And I think when you look at the lineup week to week, you know that Steven and Frederick are starting the games. So I think it would be worth, again, just having Good that point. competition. I mean, looking at Derek Williams right now, I mean, he he's <laughs> he doesn't appear to be making a whole lot. His current market value according to transfer market is about eight hundred twenty-five k. You mean like the, not the mystery box that is transfer market? Yeah, it's true. Like but <laughs> but that's that's not. I mean, to your guys' point, that's not the kind of money you want to spend on someone who's going to ride the bench, right? right. But again, kind of how we felt last year. I mean, it's Frederick Briant's job to lose. The guy is 35, and especially, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season, but it could mean a number of midweek games. It could mean some serious fixture congestion. You're right. And, and with that, I, I, I think there's a very real chance that guys like Pines and potentially Derek Williams are, are getting some serious minutes. For so the potentially it's not the people or the teams with the best starting lineups. It's the teams with the most depth is what I just heard you say because you need people. It doesn't matter if your starting lineup is stellar and making the most money, but if they're getting exhausted and you don't really have the strong players to bring up off the bench, then you're not going to make it this season. Yeah, and talk about, you know, in a league where you are not able – able to spend the kind of money you might want to on folks you know yeah. top to bottom on the right. depth chart it, it, it's a challenge and you know dc united's <laughs> got to find a way to rise to that challenge but that was me cracking another beer i think the the I first practice ben olsen has Derek williams if we sign him he has to practice you know full-on volleys into the top net over Luis robles like that's what he has to practice <laughs> that's the bar that brilliant has set well, and one of the things we should talk about when we talk about these transactions right now, whether it's Derek Williams or whether it's folks from the French League, in the world of coronavirus, we don't actually know what's going to happen with these European leagues. I mean, one of the big reasons why we couldn't go through with the signing uh, from France was that the club was in is is in a relegation battle. But Maybe right now, done. yeah, we don't know, and it, it it's really interesting. And I, I know all all four of us have. English teams that we support not only on the side, but in some cases just as strongly as we support the black and red. What's going to happen here? Because, you know, Major League Soccer is in a unique position where they've only played two games. They move the season forward this year. And so if, if we go on a significant break, there's still an opportunity for all of these games to be played. And the, and the season will only be impacted in lost time, but not necessarily lost games. But right. When you, you, look, you can't cancel. You can't cancel MLS at this point. It's no. just started. I, I, but when you look at all of the leagues in Europe to include the Champions League and the Europa League, we're pretty far along. I mean, we're, we're three quarters of the way there in, in all of the domestic leagues. And when you look at the, the Champions League, we're, we're in what the round of six finals almost. And then, or, yeah, semifinals. And, yeah. and so these players who we thought we were going to have to potentially wait out, I mean, decisions could be made in the next couple of weeks that say those seasons are over. And now when, well, now some of those challenges for MLS sides trying to sign these guys go away. And so, I guess my question to you guys is kind of twofold. One, we can talk about 
are the do we think these players are going to be available in the short term because relegation battles go away but i guess more pertinent what should some of these european leagues do with the season right now in in a bit of flux so to answer your first question if i am in any point of leadership with any of these european teams i'm saying that i'm holding on to every single player because you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen and if you especially look at a lot of european teams or a lot of european leagues do their pro rel so if you're looking i mean you don't know what they're going to say you can these european leagues can say okay we're stopping the table now and wherever you are in the table now that's just what we're playing they could i would take that by the way same listen same (laughs) as a lesser city fan i'm trying to go to the champions league next year we're in third we'll take it don't even at me as a leeds united fan i'm ready to be in the premier league again but uh again i literally just started rooting for them but i've been a fan for 10 minutes i'm literally all in though don't at me um anyway so what i'm saying is or they could also easily say like it's done because for example in the english league right you have three teams that drop and three teams that advance so in the championship it's number six, three through six go into a like almost playoff type situation to see who's getting promoted. So they could say, okay, table stops now, except that whenever we're able to start playing games again, you four teams are going for it. In which case, if I'm any type of person who has an, a say in who's getting traded in those teams, I'm saying, hell no, I'm not letting anybody leave because we need all our people because we don't have time to be able to try to get out of that relegation spot and, or that promotion spot anymore. We're just going all in. Yeah, and you talk about you know the difference in calendars between MLS and European leagues, and you know anywhere else in the world. You know MLS plays a different calendar. You know our schedule starts in February and we run through October, November, December, maybe this season. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, do I hear January? <laughs> but like you know, right now the MLS transfer window closes May fifth. And, you know, one of the big complications is, hey, if you're going to bring someone in from Europe or South America or, you know, anywhere else in the world, you've got to bring somebody in with the expectation that that team is going to be able to fill that gap behind them. You know, who knows where that's going to end up this year? Because, you know, if guys aren't playing, if guys are, you know, looking to make moves, you know, find a spot, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in in how those moves are going to happen. We also have all these travel bans now. Like, no one's allowed to sneeze in Italy, let yeah, can, alone do anything Can you anything buy else. a player from Italy Exactly. Right now? <laughs> like, can you bring them over? Can anybody from Europe come into the U.S. right now if you're not a U.S. citizen? Like, that has major implications. And again, I, like, like we said at the top of the show, this is a very serious pandemic that's going on. And absolutely every precaution needs to be taken to make sure that this virus stops spreading as quickly as possible. But what are the implications that happens for this league? And does that mean that you expand the international transfer window like who knows these are unprecedented times it's it's going to be interesting not only from international transfers but also i mean when you look at some of the teams in europe a a lot of these guys are under contract through like 30 june and and we're talking about a potential season that spreads into july or august i mean i i think it's a foregone conclusion that euro 2020 is going to be postponed to, to 2021 but what happens to these guys whose contracts expire on, right on call, 30 june it. Yeah, no, I mean, I certainly really looking forward to, to Euro 2021, hopefully now. <laughs> It'll make it a lot easier to travel there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. And I, I would expect, under a lot of circumstances, r- rules should be changing uh, a, a bit here to accommodate, well, everything. Yeah, and, and speaking of change, we had, a, I mean, almost overnight, the U.S. Soccer Federation president, 
Nah. Uh, change hands up. What a transition. And, and I think, man, I don't want to speak for everyone at a table and everyone in D.C., but God, I, it, it needed to be done, right? The, the arguments that U.S. soccer presented – against the women's national team shocking uh, literally shocking like i i haven't seen a more blatant and, and just disgusting argument per- like, i don't know and, and best of luck to you know cindy Cohn, formerly cindy parlo you know she's a winner at all levels you know i believe she's won a world cup she's you know competed at the highest levels when it comes to women's professional soccer you know she's a winner she knows how to get the job done uh, you so, think she's the one that keeps the job, or do you think we uh, we have a new S, a new president soon? I think she's got the opportunity. I think you know it, there's a lot of pressure on that position, but you know she's the one in the seat right now. So you know let's give her the support she needs and see what she can do with it. And if she doesn't get the job done, then we'll move on to the next. But for for right now, you know, she's the one who's you know filling the seat. Well, from from what we've seen in the past, I mean, this is a this is a group of individuals and and a, and a voting block that's been very reluctant to change, despite seemingly every fan saying do everything the opposite of how you're doing it right now. Right? I mean, we look back a couple of years ago after the men's national team crashed out of qualifying. It, you know, don't run me. Well, I mean, unfortunately, we have to remind everyone because. It not a whole lot's changed, and that, and that's what frustrates so much of us. And and I mean that's on the men's side. The women are the greatest team in the world and in many ways. They right? casually won another World Cup. Yeah, and 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 somehow they're treated as you know second class. Literally compared said to this. in the argument that they were a lesser profession. It's absurd. Which is unbelievable. This men's team can't seem to get out of their own way. But when you look at here, here's what I'll say. Carlos Cordero stepping down was was the right move for for many reasons, but that doesn't change the fact that no. this entire organization, it, and I, I I refuse to use the word infected, but this entire organization <laughs> is just it, there are issues from the top to the bottom, and I know Sam has some thoughts here based on the look she's given me, so I, I'll end my portion of this conversation by saying we need wholesale change. We've needed it for a long time. I was hopeful that we would get it with a new president, but unfortunately we got. Carlos, who's, who was the vice president of Sunio Galati for, for so long. So I'm hopeful that, that the change we're seeing right now will just lead to more and more change to bring this federation to where it should be. And I will see the rest of my time to Sam Kastner. Listen, I think it is really major. And my initial reaction was very happy that Carlos stepped down, right? Because that is saying that the board kind of heard the fans reaction the players i don't reaction. think they heard the fans at all i heard, think they heard coca-cola and volkswagen for sure they, they heard the sponsors you're right you're right which is kind of getting into my second part of that he's not the only person who okayed that legal argument like this is legal public record argument he, he said that he didn't get the chance to read it and therefore that that's why it went okay out. first of all which that's bull right bull. i mean he that's definitely what... had the chance he didn't take the chance if he didn't read it word for word like people said this is the argument we're going through with and he or the people that he designated to make that decision for him said as the u.s soccer federation we are 100 percent okay with our legal argument being that the women's soccer players jobs are not as difficult as the men's jobs because they're not at, like I don't remember exactly what the right like the correct wording was. They just weren't uh, as athletic. It, it, it they weren't as yeah well, yeah exactly. They're not as skilled and talented as the men are, and like 
legitimately as a female soccer player who soccer player who pays to play at this point no one's paying me to play soccer I pay to play in several different leagues but as a female soccer player who has played for 20 years of her life like that hurts me so I can't even imagine these people who are being paid by this organization I mean imagine your job looking at you and saying because of your gender you're just not as talented as the person of the opposite gender standing next to you. And I think that while Carla stepping down is a big deal, as John alluded to, this is a problem that is ingrained into U.S. soccer. And that's not a, a question in anybody's mind. And a lot of the players were coming out saying, like, I wanted to think more of my federation. And in the back of my mind, I always thought, I mean, are these people just sexist? And I kind of didn't want to think that. But as they've literally written on this public legal argument, I mean, yeah, they are. So it's just really hurtful. And I don't think as a female, I'm the only one who's hurt by this. I mean, I think everyone in the room with me is very hurt by what this argument said. And we all expect a lot more of our federation. And we just hope that more change happens. I think we all want better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a challenge, you know. The you know North America, you know Canada, United States, Mexico is looking to host this, the World Cup in 2026. It's the men's World Cup, but at the same time, you're looking to set the standard as far as what we're doing as far as international soccer, men's, women's, what have you. You've got to find a way to respect the fact that the United States women's team has been the most dominant team in the history of international women's soccer, and you've got to find a way to put them on level pegging at least with the men's team yeah and it's not a legitimate argument to say that the rest of women's soccer across the world isn't as developed as men's soccer because i mean that's just true like the women's side you can see that a lot of federations around the world do not give their women's soccer teams the money to develop and succeed but you absolutely cannot argue that that takes away anything from the fact that the women have four stars on their chest and you cannot say that they did not face difficult games in this past world cup and it was absolutely not a given that they won like they took every single thing and they left it all on the field and you can't say that because the men are facing quote-unquote harder competition it's just because the men aren't as developed and they're not competing at the level that we would want them to see but it's absolutely just flat out a sexist argument to say that because the women are succeeding their competition is less so and i'll throw out a quick plug real quick you know obviously a lot of things have been suspended and we'll we'll, we'll see when this uh, season's re- rebound and you know the players get back out there but you know i think every one of us is a big fan of washington spirit and hoping for good things coming from that squad as well you know you know soccer is a a wonderful sport no matter who's playing it whether it's men women doesn't matter you know all four of us are happy to go out there and support whoever is making it happen and we're hoping to get both genders out there very soon i agree and it was it's so promising too because i mean again who knows with like all these leagues being suspended and everything like that but the washington spirit we're supposed to have four correct games at Audi Field, and that's yeah. so exciting for the entire fan base because people packed Audi Field for the, what was it, two, three games that happened yeah. last season. So it was so exciting that the Spirit were finally going to play in a very accessible stadium for everyone within D.C. So especially coming off the back of that high, like it just hurt to hear this coming from the U.S. Soccer Federation, and I hope that things change very quickly. Yeah, it, it's super exciting, the future of, of women's soccer. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> having the U.S. Soccer Federation get out of their own way on this one will be good. And hopefully that's, you know, what's coming as part of this leadership change. Because, you know, 
global uh, on the global stage women's soccer has so much potential to continue to grow and and it's so exciting and it's so inspiring really to see so many young people just get behind it and we're gonna get there i I really believe in my heart of hearts that we're going to get there yeah yeah i would rather be here talking about the fact that the united women just won over japan in the she believes cups you know a team that has I, i can't remember the last time they lost let's be real like they won the world cup last summer and you know they just keep winning not even lost just gone a game without scoring like the (laughs) the semifinals right juliet skirt in the 89th minute and everyone was like oh wow this will be what was the stat it was a ridiculous number of games that they would have gone without scoring in definitely more than dc united yeah (laughs) yeah you're right we've gone like very off tangent but i mean i'm just gonna say that like u.s soccer i think especially now that we have players like paul Ariola who are consistently on like the men's national team and you know we have the opportunity for the women's national team to come back to start playing in dc i think that regardless of what happens in court like the court of public opinion is going to come down on the u.s soccer federation and you know you see a bunch of people across twitter who now have um this little uh picture profile picture of when um the u.s women's national team players came out and they're jerseys were um inside out so the u.s crest wasn't showing but their four stars were and a bunch of people have that on their twitter profile right now um so i just think the court of public opinion regardless of if this like horribly sexist argument were to like somehow go through the court systems which the world's crazy right now so kind of part of me would be like yeah okay but i think I mean, when I looked at that, I was like, I don't want to go to another game. Like, I don't want to give these people any more of my money or any more of my support. And I do not think I was the only one. And I would love to see change happen. And I think that kind of the public tide of opinion is going that way. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and uh, Sam, on that super positive note, <laughs> I'm going to send it to break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk about a potentially new 50-team combined league between Liga Emiakis and MLS. We'll also get to the hashtag tried and true DCU. You're joining the show live by tweeting at us or calling in at 202-892-6328. And by calling in, I mean texting because as my staff is reminding me here, uh, the line's still down. So please text us 202-892-6328 or engage using the hashtag tried and true DCU. We'll be right back here in just a couple of minutes on tried and true the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Fine. Tried and true. The DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. 
Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag tridandtruedcu or email us at tridandtruedcu at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. This is Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast and coronavirus hiatus podcast, unfortunately. We're going to talk a little bit about a rumor that has started about potentially a Super League. And and guys, we've heard this before to, to several extents, but this is probably one of the more fruitful, if you will, rumors I've heard about Liga Emiakis and MLS combining into what is potentially a 50 team. Super League. That's too much. No. No. I, I mean, that was my initial reaction, <laughs> right? But but we got to break this down because from a financial perspective, well, we yeah, know. Yeah. Club America gets more views in you the U.S. than any U.S. team. They, they have the better TV audience than we do. Every U.S. men's national team is overshadowed by a, a, a Mexico national team. I don't game. think combining leagues is the way to fix that, though. Like, as somebody who's very into every single team in MLS, and I will make my best effort to watch every watch every single game, this is, like, too much. I just – I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm not for it. I think I understand where they're coming from. No. From a fi- financial – I think it ruins the sanctity of the game. Uh, I don't want to see a Super League in Europe, and I don't want to see a Super League in the U.S. But if you can get the Club America fans like, excited about LAFC – then you get them watching LAFC versus RSL. And now you have literally like 10 times the viewers. I don't think that happens, though. If you're playing 49 games. No, no, no. They're going to break it down into divisions. Listen, I just ignored that part. I literally ignored that part. No, because that is the (laughs) dumbest league I've ever heard of. So I just I really don't like it. DC United will be in the fifth division of the North American League. And we've already got standby. We've already got concerns, you know. MLS is expanding rapidly, and I think we're all for that. Yes. But no, kind of. It's expanding too rapidly. <laughs> Sam, you have to you, – hold on. You have to take a side on that. I because thought he was going I somewhere know. else with that. I thought he was going yeah. somewhere else. Well, it, it, it's a challenge, right? You know, you, MLS is traditionally a league where you get to play everyone, and you get to play a, a lot of teams twice, and that's not necessarily what you're going to get moving forward. It, I already hate this season because we're not playing everybody. The MLS Cup or the MLS Supporter Shield means less because you're not playing everybody. Because if you're not playing New York City, it literally means nothing. It means nothing. Or you're not playing LAFC or you're not playing. It means nothing, Red Bulls. I'm all for (laughs) it. It never meant anything for you, Red Bulls. But it already means nothing to me. So if you're deciding that you're going to have these, like, this bracket style league with 50 teams, like, that's not expanding your base. That's shrinking it. You're not going to get casual fans to watch games when they don't understand like the basic function of how I, the I league plays. I think the plays. idea here is that you don't need casual fans. I you don't like that. You just need league MX fans. That's and not how soccer becomes well, I, the next biggest sport. In but league. I do think 
I do not. think that is Major League Soccer's idea, and that's what's right. important here. Is because no, 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 I'm completely against it. I'm just saying this is their yeah. argument. Oh, yeah. I understand where they're coming from as far as you know, talking about TV ratings, like MLS. You know, we saw last weekend, you know, the last couple of the game with Club America playing, they got better ratings than most MLS soccer games that you see. It's a challenge, but I don't think that the way to you know, combat that challenge is by merging. It's by you know subverting your product to League MX. That's just not what I want to see. It's too much. It's too much. You can't expect people to understand what 49 other teams mean and whatever we're not playing every other 49, 49th team. But like it, even the casual fan knows that LAFC is like a big deal or like that we don't like the Red Bulls or that Jordan Morris or like – Bruce Arena, no, no, no. like we they really know that they're like big the deals. Listen, I understand we really, that. Really, really, really. <laughs> but I'm saying that, like, part of it is that you know these other players in these other teams, and like you can, even if you're not consistently watching these other teams, you know who the big names of those teams are. I see you putting your finger up at me, but I'm just saying a that if there are means 40... that Luciano Acosta plays against DC United. Okay, oh Josh was off the pod. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in in my opinion, right. I think we need to continue to grow our league's, you know, involvement and our league's partnership with the Mexican league. But I think you can do that independent of merging the leagues, right? I mean, I I have forever wanted Conca Champs to mean more here, and I think that happens the then first an time MLS an MLS team, team wins. Oh, absolutely. But you know, the League's Cup right now is a bit of a joke, and I've I've said that on this podcast before that like that is the first thing I would cut when it comes to you know fixture congestion but as we move towards what everyone wants to see is more teams in the u.s with big followings potentially pro rel potentially leagues cup becoming more like a europa league to me that's a better path than just combining everyone into this conglomerate league you're right because i think that if you're combining everyone in that conglomerate league and this is what i've kind of heard of everyone saying so far is you're doing it to make more money and i think that soccer across the world while yes it's very much about making money and there are very obvious obvious moves to make money like it's also just about the love of the sport and it's about the love of watching your team and hoping they win and stuff like that but combining into this huge conglomerate in which you're just kind of trying to ride off the backs of those really 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 big teams who are going to get you those viewerships and those dollars like that just feels really gross to me and you can get there with ccl like we look at european champions cup action People around the world watch those games. You can get there with CONCACAF Champions League. You just have to you know, put it as a priority, not as an afterthought when you're talking about net, you know, negotiating TV deals. You've got to find a way to make it a priority and make it something that's interesting because those are good games. You've got the best in North America going at it. You know, Talking about the best teams in MLS, battling the best teams in Liga MX and beyond there, there, there's a challenge there but those are games that are worth watching and you've got to find a way to level the playing field there well and, and we've talked a lot you know this show about how dc united can continue to improve depth and continue to prepare for these other competitions but let, let's take uh, before we wrap things up let's take a brief look around the league right now because there are some other teams that are in that boat you know we thought atlanta united was going to have a really good shot this year and of course they were devastated by the ACL injury that seems to be killing a lot of teams this year uh, to, to we'll, Joseph we'll, Martinez. We'll see who they bring in, and that will determine their league. Uh, I think they're still a playoff team without him, but I think 
depending on who they bring in, if they're able to bring someone in. And I'd love to see DC United as a team that could withstand a huge loss like that. Like, you know, right now DC United can't afford losing an MVP caliber player and still be a threat. Are we doing that with Paul, though? Yeah, I think we'll see if we can do that or not, right? Well, let's hope so. But Uh, but our team rides or dies less on Paul Ariola than Atlanta United rides or dies on Joseph Martinez, which we'll see. Listen. Also, uh, it's correct. Philly Philly are legit. Again. Uh, Last year, they... I hate it. Last I year, can't but you're think not about wrong. it. Yeah, I can't. That doesn't wrap. In last my year mind. they showed up, and then they showed up in L.A. The, uh, last weekend, and they, I mean, that was a barn burner. That was if you such didn't, a fun I game. I went to bed, and then I was watching it on my phone in bed, and then I got out of bed to watch more of that game on the bigger screen because it was amazing. And let's talk about standings right now. Like you know, a team like NYCFC, which was the number one seed going into playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Yeah, they're currently in last place behind Amazing. the two expansion teams. You literally love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, you know, I'm not. I'm never going to, you know, feel bad about a team that plays in a baseball stadium, failing to. Wait, time out. They play in how many baseball stadiums? They, they play all in plus, baseball stadiums. plus their rival stadium. <laughs> two two baseball stadiums and one of jerseys, and right. then and Jersey aren't doing so hot themselves, right? Stop it! Just Suck. stop talking. Suck at Jersey. <laughs> Uh, and Chicago went for this big rebrand. Uh, have they played a game in Soldier Field yet, or are they waiting on that and then the virus? I believe they're playing Atlanta this weekend. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and so that rebrand hasn't gone as well. Columbus, definitely worth talking about. I think I'd put them up there with Philly. Like They're legit, too. The, their new number 10 is fantastic. I will just repeat in defense of DC United that, as I said, you don't. It doesn't super matter who's coming out on top of the very beginning. It like says potentially a lot about what that team's going to do throughout the season. Yes, but I think two games in, you can't say that like Columbus and that Chicago and whoever are like going to come up on top of DC United because the first two games sure, don't you, mean that much. You, know, you go into last year and you look at the you know, early. Atlanta's never won a first game of the season until this year, and yeah. then they. They've done amazing, right? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, they played one other game. Well, you look at matchup block last year, like DC playing LAFC. That was supposed to be a matchup of titans as far as points accrued to that point. Didn't really pan out that way. You know, obviously you want to get points wherever you can go, especially when you're talking about DC having the first two games at home. Let's hope that moving forward, that home record pans out and you, you know, continue to get, you know, three plus games out of every two games you play at home. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I, let's, let's, let's just stop the conjecture there. We'll, we'll see what this team looks like outside. Like when they come back from this break, I hope they're amazing. I hope they tear up this league. I hope they win it all. Uh, I feel like we, we've speculated a lot in this episode. Cause I mean, what else is there to do <laughs> right now? Um, well, but the good news there is that, we're going to be around uh, for the duration of, of this coronavirus hiatus. We've got a lot of exciting things that we're going to begin to debut on the show. And, and one of those things, unfortunately, we did not have ready for tonight, but um, we're, we're hoping to get there, which is the, the phone line to dial in. We'd love for you to join the conversation, not only uh, virtually, but by calling in as well. Uh, so, so we're working to have that uh, ready for next week's show. And, and we do plan to continue to go live um, after the games as they were scheduled. So we, we plan to talk at you uh, either next Saturday or Sunday, um, which would have been post the Philadelphia game. But we'll, we'll keep comms open as to when we're going to have the next live show. And some feedback we've gotten, which we're working to implement, is to bring the show to you live on Twitter. Uh, so we've, we've done YouTube, and of course we'll continue to release the show as a podcast, but we know that it's a lot more accessible for a lot of our listeners directly on Twitter. So that's something that we're looking to implement very soon. 
and we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback because when the season comes back, we're going to continue uh, with our roots, which is a post game show. And one of the big things we'd love to do is actually be able to bring you live highlights, whether that's audio or video, um, from the game that we just all watched together. And so we're we're working very closely with Major League Soccer to make that happen, and we hope to have resolution on that um, by the time our 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 team is back on the pitch. And so that's what's coming soon uh, uh, for us. But in the meantime, we want to hear your thoughts. So if there's topics you want us to discuss, um, players you want us to bring in as, as we uh, <laughs> at least can talk about it, right? Uh, please let us know. As always, we're we're monitoring the, the Twitter feed uh, throughout the week using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU. In our email, you can email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. I'd encourage anybody, especially... Um, for those broader topics that you'd want us to explore um, as a team or anything else kind of larger, if it's not going to fit in a tweet or if it's just kind of at more of a macro level, I'd encourage you to send us that email and we can chat about it on the next show because clearly we're not going to be able to chat about the DC United victory at Philly. Oh yeah. And we've got, we've got thoughts ready to go. You know, obviously a lot of us have very strong opinions on where DC should go, signings you should make, opportunities that this team has to get better but you know at the, at the end of the day we've got to hear from y'all and we've got to hear you know your input and you know that's what's going to help us move forward and understand you know the thought from the broader fan base so you know we'll, I'll, I'll see what we can get from y'all but in the meantime we're gonna call it a show for this week somehow joshua and sam beat everyone in the cornhole tournament earlier tonight, so we're yeah, gonna buddy. we're gonna clean things up here and best. fix that uh, <laughs> in the second show of the night. But thank you all for for hanging out with us for a little bit. And uh, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, stay safe. We're all one family, one black and red family here together, and we're gonna get through this. Come out on the other side, and it won't be long now until we're back in Audi Field and on the road cheering on the boys in black and red. So for now, vamos United, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Wash your hands.